When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Joel Sked and I have been joined today by Duncan McCarthy. Hello. And Gary Cocker. Evening. Evening, gentlemen. Um, we How are, are you, Joel? Yes. <laughs> I'm not too bad. That's, that's, that, that's me finish my two day week. So I've. Uh, Piss off. It's a hard life. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard life. So Aberdeen for the weekend and I will embarrass myself. That really is a hard life, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't wait to get up to for the all day, um, all night bakery. Yeah, Thames. Thames, yep. So, we'll, be, we've probably mentioned this more than any other yeah, yeah. company. I think, uh, uh, I think the they, they do owe some advertising, so when <laughs> I'm up there, I'll drunkly mention that to them when I get my half stovies and half mac and cheese. Uh, due to the length of Monday's show, they don't know the, the concept of time in Glasgow, Fuhrer uh, <laughs> um, uh, Fowler has um, restricted us to 50 minutes, so we were going to have this. Um, an Xmas feature uh, for guests for clubs, but that's been Joe, sh- it's Christmas, so you don't say Xmas. I don't know. That's a shorthand. But that's been scrapped for another week because um, we, we didn't really take it seriously and uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't do one for every club. Um, and Duncan's case for not no clubs. I just um, completely forgot. So we will be. Yeah, bringing the 17th team on the memorable European nights. I looked into this, it's definitely number 17. That We'll get to that later, but first we're going to have a, uh, just a chat about some of the news from the, the last week with a little football, football on. Uh, by summer 2016, we're going to have, uh, well, by uh, this summer, we're going to have a new League Cup format. So we'll discuss that. Uh, we're going to be discussing the winter break and the potential for a strange... 14 team league but uh, first we'll, we'll we'll start about the league cup and um, the changes that have been made basically uh, there's going to be group group stages um, for teams not in, teams involved in uh, European football are excluded uh, while the winners of Lowland League and Highland League are included so between the 16th and 30th of July there's going to be five games uh, played as a round robin format eight, the eight winners and four best runners up will be will progress to the, the, the knockout stages will be joined by the European um, the, the teams that are in European football and and another sh- strange um, or innovative uh, if you want to call it that is that any drawn games go straight to penalties for an extra bonus point um, very very American idea I think there's also the, the BT award, so it's going to be £8 million over the, the four seasons. The four seasons, that's right, £8 million over the four seasons. And there's going to be a two weekend winter break in January 2017. But let, let's, let's, let's start with the, the, the format itself. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on it? I really I like, like it. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think um, people have been complaining about the League Cup for ages. Uh, and Scotland and England are fairly unique in uh, fairly unique yeah, they are, um, but you know are quite um, unique they, they are unique <laughs> in the sense that they have a, a secondary cup mm. competition you know Germany has a league cup but it's only for the four teams isn't it yeah, usually and you know, yeah, it's like a pre-season tournament um, and so you historically you've, it's always struggled I think to find its purpose and I think it probably during the, the 70s and 80s and early 90s it had a it had its niche in the sense that it gave teams a European place, which it doesn't now. And I think it's, it's kind of staggered on uh, recently. Uh, also, I think it was also helped that, um, that back in the uh, kind of early 90s, it was, it was done before mid-term. Yeah, I think, I think it, yeah, it was... Uh, I've never understood that decision to prolong it. I think that actually 
it worked really well as quite a, a sharp, brisk tournament. Um, and I think it, and it made Scottish football a bit different. I think a lot of Scottish football's problems has been trying to emulate what's you know, replicate what's happening in England. And they saw oh, the League Cup in England finally takes place in March. Maybe that's when the Scottish and actually. Why? Like it, it, it doesn't make sense. I think if anything, it dilutes it because if well, I mean, if your team, like my team, tends to be is not involved in the quarterfinals, semi-finals, final, you almost forget about the tournament, mm-hmm. and it has become the forgotten tournament. And you know, it's it's always suffered, I think, from being seen as a little less prestigious than the Scottish Cup itself. And it is, to be um, honest. And, and, yeah. yeah, and, and you look at it this the the. The Scottish Cup. It was, it was different the last couple of seasons because of the the new dates for it. But it's back to as it should be this season, yeah. where uh, you, you get the the, kind the, of big the first teams. The, yeah the first main weekend after the new year you get the yeah. uh, the, the, the big teams in such as Hearts um, that, that, that <laughs> come into it, and then it's it's a bit it's fast paced between. Um, between yeah. January and it's it, it's it's in, it's in well, good it so it gets momentum. Yeah, League Cup, you don't find that you've got it starts on a it usually starts on a Saturday uh, sort of season. Then it goes to midweek, yeah. and then it's um, kind of just rattles along. And then yeah, it's kind of found itself a bit better with the 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 semi finals on on the weekend. Yeah, that, that, was good, that was a good change. But it's but you know that that where that has that's also impacted on the Scottish Cup now. But the Scottish Cup is going to be the first, or basically the first weekend that everyone's back to work uh, in January, and I think that's not great for the Scottish Cup, because I think it's already got a really long month for most people, um, and so the chances of getting a lot of walk-up people to those games is going to be impacted, and so actually, if the, if the League Cup could rein itself back in and become sort of this more self-contained tournament, which, you know, historically, if you look at it, it's, it's, only, it's only came into being because we had we uh, a situation where you have the SFA, you had the Scottish Premier Division as it was, and now the, the, and then it became the SPL and the Scottish Football League, and they all had to have their own tournaments. Uh, now that everything's been run under, now we're just, we've, we've slimmed that down to two organisations. You know, it kind of has to justify its own existence, and so it being a tournament that it, that is, has a bit of novelty, I'm I'm all for it. I think that. Uh, and people say no, well, like I mean, I think we, we, probably the best thing to do is you. Know, we all seem fairly positive. Is is what take apart the people's arguments that they have against it. Um, one of the first ones, I, I like the penalties idea. I think it's a bit different. I think that that might get people coming along to watch matches. I think uh, I don't think I think the net people saying oh will encourage negative play, and I don't I don't get that the teams will settle for will will risk it. A point to maybe get two points in a penalty yeah. shootout. Yeah, it's, it's a bit risky, especially when only one team is qual- is guaranteed of going mm-hmm. through. It's not like the UEFA Cup was when it had the five team uh, group stage and, and three teams got yeah. through. So in which case you could sit in a yeah. lot of time because you basically, if you won at least one home game and. And, and drew away from home, you, you're halfway there. Really. It's a point where with that, it's 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 going to it's the teams that go for the wins that are going to be uh, rewarded. Um, rather, like I said, with the, the European League, where teams are going to be kind of defensive and look for the uh, look for draws, mm-hmm. um, were rewarded. This this way, with with, with only effectively twelve teams going through. It's the teams that go for wins rather than looking to, uh, mm-hmm. to hold out that they're going to be the ones that are rewarded. I mean, the other thing about the penalty shootout is it'll be nice to actually watch a penalty shootout involving your team and not be, you know, having a stroke at the same time. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, although obviously there'll be some cases where that extra point will be, you know, crucial or, uh, you know, can go on to prove to be crucial, for the most part it'll just be a bit of fun, you know? Yeah. And that's what it's supposed to be. And I think the League Cup is the only tournament within Scotland that really you could get away with, you know, screwing about with. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of folks mm, you know, why are they changing it like this? It's because no one... No one, yeah, no, no, no one, no one is attending because you, you do get yeah. pretty good attendances come semi-final and final. Yeah. But up, up until, until that point, yeah. I mean, I think you get, the attendances are quite strong for that first initiative, for the for some of the uh, lower league clubs because it's the first game of the season. Especially the yeah. home game and actually the weather is usually quite pleasant and you can, you know, it's, it's quite it's quite nice. But after that, it's that it's in, in round two and three, then it start the tenses are a struggle because it's, the games are coming thick and fast in that, in that time. Um, 
I th- yeah, I, th- I, th- I really like it. I think it'd be better still, and this is not anything that I've heard anywhere else, but you know, the, if the League Cup winners would then go into our uh, end of season playoff against a team that finishes third or yeah, fourth no, I, I, and, I, I, and, and play against each other, like, just because I think that would add a little a freeze on to, to, and make it a bit more competitive. And actually, it keeps it interesting. I but. saw, yeah, I, I saw, I think it was Jamie Borthwick mentioned that, but I do think that. I think it's a bit harsh in a third place team. I think, I think it's very harsh. If it's a league season, third place does deserve your. The thing for me is if if it was if, another European, place if you get back to that point, however however unlikely it is of having an extra European spot, say fourth place, then yeah, I would uh, I would be all for fourth place and the League Cup winners playing off. There's, there's every chance that a lot of uh, years it's just going. There's, there's yeah, it won't have to happen. Yeah, have to happen. But the fact that that's there. Uh, it's a bit of a carrot so yeah I, I, I do agree with that but I think it'd have to be fourth place ra- ra- rather than third place mm-hmm. um, do you think do you think I'll have the desired effect long term for, 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 for the for the League Cup I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, not, not some crit- uh, criticism but just kind of um, observations that it's, it's more cosmetic than anything else I don't I, I think they're, they're fundamentally changing how the tournament will work early yeah. on I mean it's cosmetic in terms of anything because it's a it's a cup competition. You know, it's it's a game. It's a it's sport. Of course, it's, there's an element of it that doesn't yeah. really matter that much. Uh, and but the fact of the matter is, try try and tell St. Mirren fans that the League Cup doesn't yeah. matter. You know, or, um, uh, yeah, the League Cup's been the only time I've seen Hibs win trophies in my lifetime. Uh, most Hibs fans' lifetime. You know that. It does. It does matter. Uh, it's a cup, and just by the nature of, of of how Scottish football is primarily dominated by two teams, any opportunity to have success is is welcome. And it'll be interesting to see how the regional element works as well. I know that it's actually a lot looser yeah. than was initially imagined, and it has to be because if they're only putting one Premiership team in each of the groups, which I think is the plan, then really, if you've got Inverness and Ross County, and neither of them are qualifying for Europe and not being in the group stage. It's it makes it a bit more difficult. But yeah, I think we've got a much greater geographical spread of Scottish clubs now yeah. as well. And I think just uh, having the Lowland and the Highland League teams in makes it a bit more exciting as well. Yeah. Like it's another away day and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. For people. And it's easy if it is loosely regional. Say if all the Angus teams are lumped in with either Dundee or United or St Johnson or Aberdeen, then it makes it easier for fans to travel to away games as well. You won't have you know yeah. Stranraer playing Elgin. But you, you mean you look at it? It's um, it, I think it's a really good exercise for clubs in terms of their pre-season preparations. I think it's it, I don't think they'll like the bigger teams will treat it because they're um, they'll be in with lower league teams that they'll think right we, we don't have to go full pelt and we should still get through this. But it, it, so it's almost like a in between a pre-season and a fully competitive game when they get into the, in, into the league and. Teams, fans will be more likely to go to a game that means yeah, yeah. Mean, that means yeah. something. That's in the summer when it's maybe warm. Might might be not not sure about that. Because um, <laughs> you, you get St John, for example, St John's or Dundee. They they do play uh, the Angus teams um, quite regularly quite in the regular pre-season. But to, to actually have a league cup, they'll boost attendances. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think it'll be it'll be it'll be good in terms of. In preparation, yeah. and for a long time, Scottish football, going back to the, about the cosmetic point, Scottish football has been criticised for not trying to do things differently. But over the last three or four years, we have there's been a lot of changes, a lot of changes to uh, to the league and what's what, what what's been happening. I mean, the only thing is, as you, as you mentioned about Hibs, the two trophies you've seen, you've seen in the league, uh, lifetime is League Cup and. I think the problem with league, the League Cup is it's because it does have the prestige of the Scottish Cup and it only really gets serious by semi-final, semi-final mm-hmm. team, uh, time, but it's one of two trophies that are realistically could be won by teams that are not called uh, Celtic and perhaps Rangers um, in a, in a couple, of, couple of years' time. And so it really should be um, taken more seriously. And I think the... The fact that this BBC have not got it, but the BT have got the rights, they'll take it seriously. And I think they're probably the ideal broadcaster to try and push um, the, the League Cup on. They, they'll, um, obviously they'll do their features, they'll do uh, branding yeah. off it, and give it a bit of prestige going forward. Yeah, it has kind of been treated uh, 
quite dismally, actually. I mean, all Scottish football kind of has been by, well, not necessarily by the BBC, but definitely BBC Scotland. I think that, as, as Craig Anderson's pointed out many a time on, on Twitter and stuff, that, that actually even when these highlight packages come, come up for renewal, um, even if the BBC is the highest bidder, the damage that they're doing to the to the uh, to Scottish football as a brand is 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 more damaging than, than the money that you need to require. Next next um, season, we're going to have Jonathan Sullivan, Conor McLaughlin, Michael Stewart, Pat Nevin, all dressed up as different characters for um, Halloween by taking <laughs> taking their coverage, Halloween coverage, that bit further. Um, that's just as an into the thrill, no doubt. Get. Um, is there any other points you want to mention about about the league cup before we move on to the winter break? No, no, I think that's... that's yeah. The only other thing is most of the coverage I've seen of it's been pretty positive, which in Scottish football is... Yeah, I mean, every, like, the fact so, of the matter is that, that there's that, that mindset within Scottish football that you could tell them that your, each club has been awarded £10 billion and there would still be a, a complaint because all the money would be ruining football. Or, yeah. you know, the, 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 there is a part of mentality within Scottish football that is that cannot, cannot see anything positive. Um, and 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 kind of revel in its failure, um, which I, I I don't see, I don't enjoy. I think it's, it's it's great that we're trying something different. And yeah, if it fails, well, we can move on. To, we can try something else. I mean, that's the whole point. That's the whole great thing about the League Cup is it's never had that strong identity. So you can kind of mould it. You know, if it was a Scottish Cup, I would be seriously worried because actually, but even in the Scottish Cup. It's the biggest thing. It's one of the. It's you're competing for the world's oldest trophy. Yet, how many people uh, in football? Yet, how many people know that? No, because it's, it's abysmally marketed and abysmally run as a as a tournament. It should be it should be revered. Um, and and both the, uh, the SFA and the uh, the FA down south have done their best to to take these prestige tournaments and kind of, they just don't know what to do with them. But. Yeah. And- just going back to quickly kind of that that point in terms of marketing, BT are actually going to be shown six games from the group stages and then seven in the knockout round. So that's uh, thirteen games a season. Uh, whereas now, B, what, what do BBC show um, when it gets to the they get like one, one, two, one around three, so four, maybe four, four, five games. Yeah. I, I saw, I saw it somewhere that they get is it six or eight games, but they only usually show. You know, five, you know, four yeah. or five yeah. or six, or, you know, like they don't take up their full comp. And so, so I think I think we're getting. My understanding is I think the current BBC deal is nine hundred thousand pounds a season, and so the BT one is two million pounds mm-hmm. a season, and so BT are getting more games for right. that. But that's to be established. If someone that the more games you're willing to buy, the, the cheaper your per game thing will be. It's just the economies of scale, and it's, it's going to be better than watching um, some. English Premiership Malaysian Trophy. Oh, exactly. Uh, it, there, is a, there is a point in that uh, in the calendar in July where it is friendlies, which are terrible because all you remember, all, you're desperate to go to friendlies and you pay over the odds to go in, yeah. and you're really excited and you see the players warming up and that's great. And then the game starts, and then ten minutes in, you're like, "Oh my god, why am I paying? Why have the I paid only good for thing this? Is this is absolutely. This is no one. No one cares." The good thing is, it's the only time in the season you get to see Tony Hibbert. <laughs> uh, only positive I get from uh, the, the, the pre-season friendly tournaments so moving on to the winter break um, to be fair winter break is not something that bothers me either way uh, it's going to be a two weekend break in January I'm glad it is I think uh, just going from my own personal uh, view is that the, ex, uh, the, the Christmas time, like the New Year uh, Christmas time football shouldn't be touched um, no. I think there are certain traditions that, which should be kept and I, I think that's it it's got the the, 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 the Scottish Cup, for example, if it was this season, if it broke after the Scottish Cup uh, weekend, I think that would be a good time to, yeah. to break. I mean, I think it's only the Premiership at the moment that's still uh, in discussions with the Championship League 1 and League 2, whether they're going to be taken. But I think that would be a, a, a good cut-off point. Um, but in terms of um, having, a, having a winter break, it's, I don't know if they're just doing it for the sake of it. There's, there's, there's a few positives, but not anything that's going to galvanise Scottish football. I, yeah, it's it's difficult to uh, to have particularly strong feelings on yeah. it. I think you know that I've, I think it's probably welcome. Just in terms of sometimes sometimes football does become a bit too much as well. Like you know, that yeah, you just want to break. Yeah, yeah. break, and especially uh, okay, you can 
you can quite easily pick a two-week point in, in January and it will actually be quite dry and, and, and maybe slightly warm and then the, the, two, the first weekend after they come back, it's going to be pissing it down with rain. Yeah, that's the risk you're always going to take. Um, I, I don't... I, yeah, I think it's probably what... I think if it allows players to get rested... And okay, they, they can go to Dubai or whatever. Like, you know, like, Dubai, you know, that, Scottish yeah, Revolution, yeah, nonsensical. Okay. Uh, you know, Lanzarote. Um, you know, then fair enough because I think so many managers are bewildered by the uh, foreign managers, are bewildered by the idea that, that Scottish and English players just play throughout the season. And, the, and this whole thing that, oh, well, uh, clubs are going to go off and, and make money playing abroad, like the German clubs do, it's like, yeah, but. They're not playing competitive match. Like they're paying, you know, they're they're playing at you know sixty percent of themselves, and it is a it's a routine work. It is you know players don't the old days of when the close where the close season occurred, the players just didn't do any training and stuff like that. Professional players now still have to train. You know, they might not be in at the club each day, but they are. They will still be. Yeah, well, they fair. should be training. I don't. A lot of Scottish footballers probably aren't, and that's why they find pre-season so difficult. Because I have seen like quite a few of the older ex-pros on you know Twitter, or, you know, being quoted in the press, not just about the winter break, but about the League Cup, saying, "Oh, there'll hardly be any close season." But back in their day, the minute that the you know Scottish Cup final took place or whatever it would be. You know, they just go off for you know a couple of weeks. Yeah, on some the of them had like come, you know, three, come months, three thirty years ago, the three months of, of actually having to work. Yeah, you know, it's like they had jobs in the close season, yeah. but so, yeah, the be, nature of the games totally yeah. changed, even in Scotland. You know, so the, the, the two week, I mean, the two week break. I, I, I can't imagine um, the players getting much more of a few, like a three four day break because we'll be back in. I think maybe it's a good refresher for not only us. Uh, well, team well, not so much heart because we're fantastic, but teams are struggling and just want a break. Um, and it's also good as well just to sort of lighten the load on the injury table because I think by that point yeah. in the season, a lot of clubs might be playing players, you know, trying to manage the injuries, playing and, them, trying to play and, them for a half or so, and then ended up. And you've got the transfer window yeah, as well. Yeah, so. I would let clubs plan a bit more with the transfer window, not rather than managers just focusing on games, games, games coming up. They can spend a bit of time. Um, making a proper assessment. Yeah, yeah, making sensible moves before rushing when it's when it yeah. when it shuts, and then integrate them in the team. They can be working on other stuff on the, on the training ground, and also you look at it's uh, it's a good kind of time to give the, the pitches a bit for yeah. uh, but, but for a breather as well. Um, just just again a kind of cosmetic look when watching the football rather than seeing. Uh, Big bits of turf <laughs> trenches yeah, yeah. Yeah, for a park mainly. So I mean, it's I, I don't see anything anything bad bad about it. It's a very inoffensive move. That's yeah, just, exactly. Just, yeah. I can't I can't really see why. I don't, I've not seen too much of people getting particularly exercised by it yeah. because yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the League Cup announcement is overshadowed both that and any other comments yeah. that have been made. So. We'll just move, uh, kind of lastly, briefly mention it. There was a piece in the Scotsman, I think it was yesterday, yeah. um, mentioning about the kind of quote on Neil Doncaster and how the, 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 the clubs are looking to, always looking to increase the size of the division. Which uh, it, he wasn't quoted on that bit. Uh, he just says it's something they're always been, uh, they're always kind of looking at. There was a Scotsman that kind of said that Doncaster and the clubs were keen on. Um, playing less games, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I I couldn't fathom out because one of the things we get told is that because it would affect the the, the, the bottom line. Basically, um, the, the, what the article was getting at was they were going to go for a fourteen team league, and I don't know if this was just speculation by the the, the journalist that they're going to follow the the, the Danish um, the Danish Super League, yeah. They, which it's currently twelve at the moment. They're going to push up to fourteen and have a six-eight split. The top six, so they, everyone plays each other twice, yeah. and then the top six play each other twice. The bottom eight are split. The, the, the bottom eight are split into two groups. I did wonder if I'd read this correctly, yeah. but I'm guessing. So yeah. the, the bottom six, the bottom sorry, bottom eight are split into two groups of four. Uh, the the teams in the odd positions uh, play each other twice, and the teams in the even <laughs> positions play each other twice, giving. Uh, 
So and then yeah, giving okay. a, given a total of 32, ga- 32 games for them and then it allows them to fit in playoffs. I think that is a bit too much, um, personally. Yeah. I like the size of 14, and I'll tell you why. Before, um, I may as well just uh, kind of finish. I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter getting up in arms about just even the mere mention of a split. I like the split. I think it works work for, works for Scottish football because we are... Um, we, we don't have enough teams. I don't think we have an, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't like to go to a 16-team league um, because I think 30 games is too too little in, in, in the season. So I think 14 teams and then splitting, doing a 6-8 and eight split with uh, everyone playing each other twice and then doing a 6-8 and eight split and then playing each other t- um, twice a game within those splits. So you've got I think, 36 teams for the top six, 36 games for the top six and then 40 games for the bottom eight. And then that would possibly help uh, the, the extra couple of games for the bottom eight would help with uh, not playing the, the old firm for the, a third time, for example. Um, and then the only problem is is how you fit in possible playoffs and rele- relegation. Do you go through two teams straight down or do you fit in relegations, which adds more uh, uh, playoff spots, which yeah, adds more, more games. drama. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose for me it goes back to what we were saying about the League Cup, which is that it's a format that you can... It's not that you can afford to dick about with it, but you know, if you decide to do that, then you know the next season it's like, okay, no drama, we'll just go back to the old way of doing it. But this just seems a bit unnecessary to me. I'm quite happy with the current top six, bottom six split. I know it's got its issues, but it just you know, I'm not exercised enough about it, or either negatively about the current situation, or positively about what's being proposed to really. See the point of it. Yeah, I'm. I'm in a lot of minds on this. I'm not even too. Just I think I don't mind the current twelve team setup, but I don't. I don't love it greatly either. Um, but and and so the, the idea of a fourteen team league doesn't doesn't really appeal. I mean, I'm. I've always fancied the idea of a six of trying to make the sixteen team league work, and I think you could be you could have a sixteen sixteen. 10 set up um, and that gives you 30 games and you could potentially do playoffs from within that admittedly 16-18 team leagues work best when there's a lot at stake so Serie A a couple of, you know, up until a couple of seasons ago when you had the Intertotal Cup essentially most teams had something to play for because there was four teams relegated so you know, it was quite rare for you to have this Mid-table, yeah. uh, like teams doing not going into the last few, like, the last third of the season with nothing to play for. Unfortunately, because of our European placing, I can't see because the, the Belgians I, and Dutch leagues they have their they have their playoffs, um, which allows them yeah. a few more games. But that's because they got a lot of did a lot more um, European play, well, yeah, a few more European places to play to play I'd, for. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is, and I suspect not no one does. And I, th- I think what it boils down to is, is trying to pick the, sort of the least worst option. That, yeah, I think that's, uh, there's still uh, going to be a universally well-liked option because if there was, then it would be... It'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be it would be getting done. I think, obviously, maybe maybe we have to go to... Most fans now seem convinced, or most fans, from what I pick up on, seem convinced that they, that they want the 16-team set-up. And is is there a case for saying... Right, we're going to do it for a couple of seasons, and we'll see how it goes. And 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 I almost have to prove its failure to then go be able to because the thing it's got to that stage now because well, it's in 1975 was when the Premier Division came into effect. So that's you're you come up for 40 years now off this of much reduced league system, and has it worked? I'd. I don't think you can really answer that. I mean, I think the world's changed too much. I think because a lot of people said at the time, well, well Scotland used to qualify for tournaments before that was introduced and stuff, which never really worked out. Have we produced many world-class players? Well, I'm not sure what's the pur- what is the purpose of, of your league tournament like that. That, that, yeah, that, that you know, that's always been that's never been established. And I think that's there's a far wider philosophical discussion about Scottish football and what it is we want from our top flight. To, to be had, that conversation is never going to take place because you have far far too much vested interest in Scottish football, and ultimately decisions are being made by chairman and chairwoman, 
gratefully. Although, according uh, to her, she wasn't there. Yeah, she wasn't there. Yeah. asked about um, the, the League Cup. And, and so... Well, the clubs weren't asked about they are, they're, Their main concern is, is survival in the short term. You know, 14 teams... A move up to 14 teams would then make a leap to 16 seem easier, but it also it's the, it's the reduction gate. And I, I do kind of believe that less is more, and actually you could have a, a lot more interesting uh, calendar with less midweek games and such like if you were to do 30 league games. But, uh, You'd be able to play the League Cup on uh, the weekends. Yeah, exactly. You could, <laughs> you could go back to the old way of playing. Oh, yeah, no. Um, but I'd, uh, like I'm, I'm I was I was a massive fan of the the, the notion of like a the eight 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 split. That was that that was brilliant. I, I, I thought that would be oh, fantastic. No. I think anything and you have to, like, no, you have to use uh, diagrams yeah. to explain how it works. Uh, I think I don't the I don't know. Table what... would just like kind of morph into a Venn diagram yeah. with, the, with whichever teams in the middle winning. Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know. I mean, you can. There's all sorts of experiments. You could, you could split this PFL almost like um, baseball and uh, American football, and have like a, a, a Scottish and a Caledonian division. And I'm going to move on from there, Duncan. Yeah, I'm okay, going to move okay. on there because I think uh, we're going down a slippery slope here. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I. Um... My, my head boggles at the the, the, the mere mention of uh, all the di- divisions in, um, <laughs> in, in in America. Uh, so yeah, we it's, it's a it's a it's a discussion which could run and run run and yeah we could have it's, it's one of those eight different people around here and have eight different kind of ideas ideas for leagues. But it's definitely the first time I've heard of uh, an American uh, Americanized one. I'll work up a proposal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would like Submit to submit it. Yeah. And then watch uh, Craig Anderson pick it, uh, pick it piece by piece. <laughs> How are we going to fit this 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 midweek game in here? Um, you have spreadsheets to to tell you're wrong. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the seventeenth um, game on our memorable European night countdown. And um, luckily enough, it involves Dundee, Gary. I know, terrific. Um, and you know it's an old game because it involves us. Yeah, and also the scoreline. Yeah, that too. Uh, there was there was nine goals, eight scored by Dundee, um, who beat FC Cologne, Cologne, beat eight one in the preliminary rounds for the European Cup in nineteen sixty two, and um, it's the fifth of September nineteen sixty two. Yes, fifth of September. I remember you by Frank Ifield was number one in the charts. This, this yeah, would have been my retirement, and I had a, a little listen of that earlier on, and I wouldn't bother. This obviously. The charts weren't weren't up to much before. Um, well, the Beatles basically. Right, but before we sounded so bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> an absolute atrocious chat. I apologise. Yeah, that's complaining about the same music. <laughs> before we get into um, talking about our uh, like kind of a lot of facts and knowledge from from the game, we'll run through the through the team. So as Bob Shankly's Dundee, yes. uh, Dundee he, he took over in the 59-60 season and within two years he'd uh, they'd won the league. First ever league win? It was first and only. First and only, yeah, um, there you go. Interestingly enough, um, Dundee had actually started this current season, the 62-63 season, a bit like Chelsea have started this season. Yeah, I read that, yeah. Um, Shankly really rung in the changes for the start of the next season. Uh, he brought in Bert Slater, I can't remember what club he signed Liverpool. for. Liverpool. Liverpool. Um, signed from his brother. Yeah, to replace uh, league-winning hero and Dundee's current club president, Pat Linney, in goal. Um, which is a bit of a shame because the changes that he then rung again, because we were so pissed poor at the start of the season, meant that he basically put out our league-winning lineup, except from Linney, because he put Slater in goal instead. Because yeah, Dundee had lost five of their seven yeah. games, and so yeah. Yeah. So, so going, yeah, so it was, it was first first um, first leg was a dens uh, in front of um, twenty five thousand. Yeah, uh, so the, the the Dundee team was Roberts uh, oh. Slater, was it Slater? Yeah. yeah. Um, defenders were Bobby Cox, Alex Ham- Hamilton, Ian Ewer. Midfielders were Andy Penman, Hugh Robertson, Bobby Seath. Bobby Wishart and up front was Alan Cousin, Gordon Smith and Alan Gilzean. I think Gordon Smith is the only player to score for three different teams in Europe. I think so it was Hibs, Dundee and... Um, Gordon Smith? Yeah. Yeah, for Hearts. He is, yeah. He is yeah. The, yeah, he's the only man to have won a league title with three different clubs. Um, uh, and they didn't include Rangers. 
Oh no, see, yeah, it was a, it was a league title three different uh, yeah, clubs. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he, he scored in, in three for three different teams in the European Cup. But I think he might. He definitely played, scored for Hibs. Yeah, but, but I think yeah. he played for Hearts and Hearts and Hibs. Yeah, I uh, I think. Don't 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 hold me to that. The uh, Cologne team was goalkeeper was Fritz Ewert. Defenders were oh I'm going to have some pronunciations <laughs> here. Uh, I Ma- don't even know why you're bothering. Uh, no. <laughs> Matthias Hemersbach, Anton Reg, Leo Vilden, Helmut Benthus, Hans Schaefer, Hans Sturm, Ernst Gunther Habig, Heinz Hornig, Christian Müller, and Karl Heinz Thielen. What did he get in San the Great German? Didn't do German. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so. What's, um, what, what what kind of stood out for you? I, 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 I didn't really pay attention to Dundee because um, I thought Gary will, Gary will have that, that, that corner covered. Well, well, the one thing I want to use was uh, the quote from the uh, Cologne boss, who was a Yugoslav. His name escapes me at the moment. Zlatan. Zlatan, I thought. I think I've, I've got Zlatko Kajkowski. Yeah. Well, uh, he said that... Um, I mean, obviously English wasn't his first language and you can tell from this yeah. <laughs> incredible quote that Cologne will win as our defensive football is decadent. So I just had them picture, pictures of them turning up in velvet or silk or I don't know what was decadent going on. Decadent is, 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 is all, yeah, yeah. Deficient would be more accurate, yeah. I think. Because yeah. um, from my understanding is that uh, Cologne were, were joint favourites to win the European yeah, Cup well, as well, along with... Well, uh, yeah. Benfica, Benfica yeah. and, um, uh, the Benfica. only teams that won the European Cup up until that point, uh, and so, and then they got uh, scalped by by Shankly's boys. But I don't think, and it pains me to say this, it seems a little bit unfair on Cologne because obviously um, back in those days, footballers were, as your dad might say, a bit hardier. You know, <laughs> they could take the hits. Um, but I think it was Alan Cousins smash into Cologne's goalie. Yep. who basically just lay on the ground for a few minutes and got up and he was quite clearly concussed for the rest of the game yeah he, well, he, no, he, he went off, he went off at half time uh, because when they were speaking to him in the change room at half time he thought it was 2-0 it was <laughs> in fact 5-0 uh, and the, one of the best points is so the first goal was an own goal yep. uh, the second goal uh, and I'm reading from the report from the edge of the box Bobby Wishart miscued the ball uh, yeah, it miscued, and all the while the ball trundled one way and a huge divot flew the other, and Fritz Ewart dived to save the divot. He saved it, though. Yeah, he saved That's the divot, yeah. Uh, yeah, and turned around to see the ball was in, uh, Craig, the ball was in his yeah, net. So, Craig, Craig Brown, Brown um, future Scotland manager. And, and all round um, Shagger. Yep. Yeah, um, he, uh, he was part of the squad. That, what, 12th the, man, yeah. yeah. And yeah, he, he said it was the most bizarre goal most bizarre goal he's ever seen uh, yeah and the second half they took uh, took advantage of the, the 10 men and racked up to it was after 66 minutes it was, it was 8-0 and like, the, the report on the Dundee website said it could it was at one point it looked like it was going to be double figures dozen goals um, but Cologne actually got back in and scored with uh, ten, 9 minutes to go but it was an own goal as well wasn't it I think mm. I think my, or maybe not I don't mm. think so I think that might be one of the second players. Ah, right. Um, yeah, but it's just, it's just crazy to think that actually a Scottish team could score eight against the German champion. Uh, German champions with, with, <laughs> with, with, with ten West German internationals in the squad yeah. uh, is, is fairly impressive. Yeah. But the, 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 the issue with the, the goalkeeper really, um, really struck with uh, Cologne because they... Um, yeah. They, they mentioned that there was because uh, there's there talk of a reprisal on the return leg because the, the, the coach said things things might be different if say the Dundee goalkeeper was injured yeah. um, and they placed an ambulance behind um, Slater's goal in, in, in the second leg and lo and behold Slater got um, a kick to the head he was so this is a case where the second leg was a lot more interesting than the first despite the first leg being a nine goal yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was stretchered off and supposedly Cologne um, and officials were trying to usher him into the, the ambulance <laughs> in a way, but then when he, then Dundee wanted him to go to the the changing room, and he, he kind of realised what's. I think he went to the changing room, realised what was happening, and then fought his way back through the crowd onto the pitch and played on the wing. Yeah, so it's like that sort of home yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't play on the right wing for a bit after doing some sprints, and then by this point. I think Dundee were three 0 down. Yeah, uh, and so he went back in goals. 
Uh, and they only conceded one more. One more. So they, they missed the Columbus apparently as well. Yeah. But uh, by this point, um, it sounded like it was a fairly hostile atmosphere because it included uh, German fans just kind of leaving the stand and going like to the side of the pitch. Yeah, I think uh, that was and so quite Gordon, Gordon Smith was uh, was tripped by a fan, like yeah. uh, as he was running to, uh, down the wing, which um, is fairly unusual. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the only. And here comes the bitter side of me. It wasn't the only time uh, that season that. Um, some gamesmanship from others would come into play when we had our semi-final against Milan. Um, much later on in the competition, uh, I believe there was an Italian referee who gave some very unusual decisions against us. Never. That's just, no, Never. That, that's just my better side coming out. <laughs> um, but to go back to you know talking about the free flow and free scoring Dundee side, um, Alan Gilzean is a really, really underrated player in Scotland's past. And so in fact is Bobby Cox, who's pretty much kept out of the Scotland team. He was easily our best left-back in our history. Um, Scotland's not exactly replete with... Is one of your stands named after him? It is. It's the home stand behind the goal yeah. is named after him. So, obviously, he was our league-winning captain. And Shankly, who was our league-winning manager, is the away stand's yeah. name. Um, so, yeah, Bobby Cox was absolutely tremendous. In actual fact, I think it was the first leg of the semi-final... Um, he was missing and three I think of Milan's goals came down that flank you, so it shows just how important he was to our team you, you got me 5-1 by Milan in the semi-final at the San Siro but yeah. one at Dens Park yeah. and the, the final was at Wembley yeah gutting I mean the, Alan Gilstein's a very interesting character because so there's a, a, a book written yeah about in search of Alan Gilstein and I think um, he's a first uh, book published by back Page Press. It's, oh, it's, it's good read. It's good read. But James Morgan used to work at the Herald, wrote it. Yeah, and he's actually from the same village as my dad, Kubrangus. But yeah, by all accounts, he was a phenomenal player. Like, just had. Yeah, uh, uh, I meant to write it down. Completely forgot because I read an interview with you with him. He had a phenomenal goal scoring record at Dundee. Yeah, and he scored. I can't remember. I think he scored five goals against Rangers in one game. It was Which, 100, I think it was 130 goals in 169 games or something. Yeah. Obviously, back in those days, the scorelines could be a little bit more yeah. Yeah. madcap than they are these days, but even taking that into account... But you know, he went down to Spurs and he still, so, was still revered yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I, I think the, um, the recluse stuff's kind of overstated a little. I think he just values his privacy a bit more because mm-hmm. he started to do a lot more... He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's become, become to game. Yeah, he goes to something. Yeah. He's been created on the pitch a few times and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, but he's he is kind of um, lost amongst. I mean, amongst all the players that uh, that played in that Tottenham team, they all revered how good you know, how how good he was. So. I think uh, Greaves said that he was the best player he's ever played, or every, best mm-hmm. player he's ever seen. Um, and that's coming from the, the guy who won the world. Yeah, yeah. and scored so many goals. Yeah. It's, it's quite something. Um, yeah, so just going uh, going back, back back to the first leg, it was uh, Cologne, the, the keeper was taken off, so they, were, they actually played with 10 men, or the, the, yeah, the defender, before Tony Ray, yeah, went, went in. Um, in the second leg, uh, Ewart didn't play, in fact it was um, a Tony Schumacher, when I seen this, I was like, hold on, that, that's okay. got to be, that's got to be... Uh, the that's Tony got, yeah, Schumacher. <laughs> I was like, but it goes. It was um, Anton Schumacher, and, and his nickname was uh, Tony. And uh, so, unfortunately, it wasn't um, Tony. I'm going to end you, Patrick Batterson. I'm not give a flying fuck, uh, Schumacher. <laughs> uh, so it turns out there was a prequel to, to, to Tony Schumacher. There's two of them. So that, that was a disappointment I've seen. But obviously, its ages would have uh, wouldn't have matched up. Uh, as, as part of Cologne, they're pretty. Um, they've had a lot of famous managers. They've had Venus Mikkels, Christoph Dom. Udo Latek, Morton Olsen, Bernd Schuster, Hoop Stevens, and Friedhelm Funkel. I've, I, to be fair, I don't know if he's famous or not, I just like the name. <laughs> and uh, they have probably one of the better nicknames in football, as it's um, Die Geishboke, the Billy Goats. Um, it's a reference to the, the male Billy Goat, which is not only their badge, but a mascot as well. They um, named Hennes after legendary player and manager Hennes Wiesweiler. I am murdering the German language. <laughs> uh, so they actually they actually have every home game uh, a Billy Goat, nice. um, and they are currently on their eighth. Um, <laughs> I don't them. want to know what happened to the other seven. <laughs> they well, the eighth one was um, upset last season because Anthony Uja, the striker now plays for Werder Bremen, had to apologise to it because <laughs> after after scoring, he, he tried to ride it. <laughs> 
Not sexually, but you no, know. No, no, no. <laughs> that would have been. That was hanging in the air there. Yeah. Yeah. I had to clarify that. Uh, so after, after the the Dundee win, uh, uh, sorry, after the the defeat of Cologne, eight five and aggregate. Um, <laughs> Dundee went on to beat Sporting Lisbon or uh, Sporting Sporting Club de Portugal. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And um, Anderlecht before the uh, succumbing to. But I mean, uh, it's quite interesting when there's all these now complaints about um, Scottish clubs failing to make it past Christmas in Europe and things like that. And then you look back on it and it's like, well, they have to win two rounds of fixtures and yeah, you're already yeah. past Christmas. Nowadays, for, for you know, St. John'son to win. Uh, to get past Christmas, what requires how many matches? Maybe 10, 12? Like so they would, uh, they would have to have six in the group and qualify three through 12, 14, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's not, I don't, I, that's an aside, it's not about Dundee, uh, how, they did, how well they did it, but you know, it's that the circumstances in these tournament formats have changed if, a yeah, lot. If, if, if luck um, played a much Bigger role. Yeah. If you got, if you got, yeah. But you go back to the you know, the group stages and L reduces the the chance of luck a lot in European yeah. Yeah, it, well. it makes it less like yeah. a couple more like a league. Yeah. Which obviously Champions League, Europa League. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, which is why a lot of the time the Champions League is not you really worth the last yeah. fourteen yeah. of the last sixteen before yeah. balls came. Yeah. Um, my other is that Dundee also played Cologne again uh, ten years or nine years later in the UEFA Cup. Oh. And they uh, defeated them. They, uh, they in round two of the eighth cup they lost two one away, but they came back and what beat them four two at ends. I don't know anything about that match. I just know the results. So they have a, a, an impressive uh, European record against Cologne. If no one else, <laughs> United have Barcelona. We've yeah. got Cologne. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, because I mean I don't know if they are what the the relations, if there are any relations between the two clubs now, because Dundee refused to go to the post-match bank after the second leg because of the, the nasty atmosphere. European football isn't yeah. what it once was. Yeah. <laughs> and, anything else to add to that before we move on to the punt of the week? Don't think so. So that was... Uh, there was no, no TV footage. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's was, I noticed that because it was... Um, it was Kenneth uh, Wollstone. There. Kenneth Wollstone, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you see commentators. Audio, audio commentary, think, yeah. Audio comp, but I didn't have half an hour yeah. spare to listen to that. Didn't really want to listen and to yeah. I, don't think, I don't think it would help. <laughs> but yeah, just to, to reiterate, Dundee won 8 1 against. Um, the German Cologne, champions. Yeah, the German <laughs> champions, so there we go. So um, that was 1962. And yeah, never happen again. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to um, oh, Greg Stewart outscoring <laughs> Thomas Muller. Uh, yeah, we'll move on to punt of the week because we've just got a couple of minutes left. So we'll throw throwing six six um, bets six, out, yeah. six bets together for a whopping return of around one thousand one hundred and fifty pounds. So Duncan, what are your two? Uh, I've got Hearts to win at twenty nine to ten. Uh, I saw some uh, form this week that saw that actually Pataudry is one of the, uh, Hearts' best away grounds. I think they've, they've, yeah. won, they've won at Pataudry more in the last 10 years. I think it's the last 10 years and Aberdeen have beaten Hearts at Pataudry. So uh, why not? Like, uh, Aberdeen are looking okay but they're not looking as impressive as they were early on and uh, Hearts seem good. If, if, we, if we do get beat, I'm going to blame on the referee being a racist. That's what we did, I think, one of the last times we uh, we got beat there with Larry Kingston and <laughs> Steve Conroy. What's your other one? Uh, my other one is uh, the uh, odds on, or odds against. That's correct, yeah, uh, odds, odds on. on. Odds on, yeah. Uh, once again, showing my oh, wonderful betting skills. Uh, is uh, Lungston to beat Aloha at 10 to 7 on on the basis that Aloha are a gang? And yeah. I, don't, I just. I don't seem like that. You don't seem like they'll be that even organised to play against the ultimate heels who will sign anyone uh, to play for them. Despite uh, um, saying that they're not going to, yeah, sign. we're definitely not going to sign uh, someone. And uh, yeah, bags that we are. Um, yeah, great guys, great guys. Scam, sap human scam. As Alan Partridge <laughs> would say. Yeah. Gary, your two. Um, my two. I don't have an odds on usually because that's whenever, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I pick an odds on, it loses. So. Uh, whenever <laughs> I pick an odds it, it loses anyway um, so the two that I've got are um, I've gone for Partick Thistle to beat Dundee United away at 17-10 to 10. Partick are on a little bit of a good run at the moment they seem to be free scoring and they're coming up against the United defence which is just 
it's decadent. They'll be getting the new keeper next week. By all well, that's, so. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. So obviously this is the last game before United go on the run. Sweeper, keeper. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so just gone for Pirates at Pistol. I think they're on a bit of a good run. Um, I don't know if there's a rule that um, within the loan agreement for Robbie Muirhead that says that he can play. I, I can't imagine he'd be allowed United, to. I can't um, imagine he'd be allowed to. Which might actually work against that slightly because obviously um, when he has been used sparingly, he has proven to be really effective for this. But you never know. And my other bet is Hamilton to beat Ross County at home at six to four. Um, Again, this just seems to me to be a little bit of a toy cost, but Ross County seem to have a little bit of a dip in form at the moment. Um, I think both teams will be fine this season, but I can just see this being one that yeah, just they're they're home. Yeah, yeah, Ross County they've, um, with Michael Gardy now. There's not anyone really um, as effective from the wide areas, which is quite crucial in the the, the four four two. So that's they, they've, I think they've only won two of their last nine uh, league games. So they have a sticky, sticky point. Uh, my two are the first one is uh, in the Premiership is Motherwell and Dundee. I can't, can't remember what the, the price is uh, to draw. I think it was five to two. Five to two draw. Which for a team that have drawn eight of seventeen games. Yes, yeah, there you go, Motherwell. I, I mean, they were night and day from when I see them uh, when they played Tart at Tynecastle to recently when they played at Fir Park. Uh, but I, I still just don't think they're they're, they're that good. I think they'll, they'll survive, but. Not by much. Dundee, um, very, very strange. Better team than Motherwell. Away to Motherwell, though, I think. Drop, drop seems fair. And my odds on are Hibs at 4-7 to beat Falkirk. Um, I don't get, it's, it's not a too bad price. Falkirk, actually, 5-1 is a decent decent price for them. Um, outside bet. However, I just think um, Hibs are... Imperious. Yeah, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you have that um, before the, the, the Derby <laughs> shellackings you'll get next season. <laughs> I don't know. Our heart's getting relegated. So oh, that's, 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 a, that's a fair point. We might go into administration with this new stand. <laughs> Bring back Romanoff. So yeah, um, five pound on no six will get you roughly one thousand one hundred fifty pound. I advise you not to put it on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put it on double. Just pay for all the Christmas presents. There we go. go. And the and the terrace night out when. What eventually happens. There's <laughs> now, which is looking like it might be Easter. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's a, uh, that's a show for uh, Thursday. If you want to get in touch with us, it's show at terracepodcast.net. Website is uh, terracepodcast.net. Twitter is at terracepodcast. And Facebook is. Um, search terracepodcast search on Facebook. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've nailed all the name. Um, <laughs> say goodbye, Duncan. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Gary. Goodbye, Gary. Cheerio. Podcast Network.